Zach, you're late. Ah, sorry, Scott. There was a disturbance. Always a disturbance with you. Come on, look. Last year, we did 120 daily episodes about Sam Raimi's Spider-Man one minute at a time. This year, we have to cover the sequel. If we don't, not only are we defaulting on our podcast guarantee, but we'll lose the listeners forever. Look, you're my only hope. You need to record 125 daily episodes in six and one quarter months or our show is canceled. All 125 minutes of Spider-Man 2? Including the time when Peter fights with a janitor's closet? Yes. What about that time Aunt May threw him a birthday party and only two people showed up? That too. Or when that guy from that really old movie, Army of Darkness, keeps him from seeing Mary Jane's play? Obviously. Even the time that Peter loses his powers and has to share an elevator with E! Entertainment's own Hal Sparks? We're covering every single minute of Spider-Man 2, from pizza time to train-related crimes and everything in between, on Season 2 of Spider-Man Minute. So if people want to listen, they should just go to DuelingGenre.com or wherever they get their podcasts, right? Right. Go! Daily podcast where we hear stupid things better one outer space monster at a time. Eh, wasn't bad. Um, Jason, I'm Doug. Uh, joining us again today is Pete the Retailer. Welcome back. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me back. Oh, anytime. So today we're knocking out minute 47, which begins with Mickey defending his home home front. <laughs> Mickey de- <laughs> Mickey defending his home front and ends with Mickey telling Rocky it's over. Defending oh. his home front. Yeah. <laughs> I was uh, legitimately startled by that when I was watching. <laughs> me too. Me too. That was my first note. It actually gets me every time. <laughs> Did the pipe smash make anyone else jump? Yep. Especially. <laughs> it even makes Rocky jump. <laughs> but how can Buckus doesn't bark? Oh, wow. he, he probably sensed him. He probably smelled him in advance. He still got it for an old man, though. Yeah. He, was, he was ready to. He was ready to fight. He was with his pipe. His pipe. Well, he's you know he's in good shape. He works out every day. I'm sure. Eats well. <laughs> what was he? What do we always see him eating? Like what? He's eating an orange in one of the um, training sequences. He's eating grapes in another one. Mm. See, he's working out. He's eating fruits. Yeah, right. It's living living the healthy lifestyle. Yeah. You got to at that age. Exactly. Sure. Sure. What is behind? It? What is fifty cents back there? I bet he's gonna live forever. <laughs> Oh, oh, Pete! I have uh, gonna live for another. I have some bad news. <laughs> another year at least. Oh, really? Oh man! So when he asks who the hell is that, Rocky says the Avon lady. Mm-hmm. Now I didn't re- even realize that Avon was around at this point in time. I remember it as like a thing, like as a reference, more than I don't know. Avon lady was always something that was like it was more like a like a punchline mm-hmm. than a yeah. Than a, than an actual thing, but it was like the uh, the door to door. Let me see where the hell I have it on one of these freaking things. Okay, uh, Avon was founded in 1886. Wow. Uh, but the guy, the guy that founded, he was like a um, he was just like a door to door salesman, and he was trying to sell books in New York, and it wasn't 
wasn't going well, so he switched to perfume. And it's and uh, even as recently as 2016, they had uh, annual sales of 5.7 billion dollars worldwide. Wow, that's pretty good. Yeah, I didn't even know that they were. How do you go from books to perfume? I don't know. Selling what the people want. But it's one of those, Avon's one of those multi-level marketing companies where you have to sucker other dopes into, uh, right. you know, you sponsor them. So every, pyramid schemes? Yeah, of? pyramid schemes. So everything that they sell, you get a cut of. I did that once with knives. With knives? C- Cutco knives I tried to sell. Lasted uh, After I sold them to my two neighbors, I was pretty much out of people to sell knives to. <laughs> <laughs> you need to go... Go to a new uh, new neighborhood. Just start hanging out on a new block <laughs> with your knives. But I remember when <laughs> I went to knives. the like the meeting, the initial meeting. There was like a kid there who was like who was making you know thousands and thousands of dollars a week selling knives, and he was like an overachiever. But they don't tell you that like for the one of him, there's probably five thousand people that don't sell any knives. Right. But you do get to, I did get to keep you know the set of knives. Well, that's nice. Yeah, my mom still has them. Oh, nice. Um, Today, there's 6.4 million representatives. So they're whatever... The, the guy at the top, because you know everybody above you gets a cut of what you do, so the guy at the top must be rolling in it. I, I just imagine that... I can't believe they're still successful. Like I think like an Amazon would have already just wiped Avon off the map completely. Yeah, yeah I mean, who... Yeah, I guess. All that stuff. You know, anything. Any kind of... Like, what's easier than... You know, having somebody come to your house to sell you something is not having to even have that person there. And, like, you can just click, 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 and you get it. It used to be like, oh, I, I don't want to go out to the mall and have interact with all these people to buy something. So right. if somebody come to my house and sell it to me, then I only have to deal with one person. Now I don't have to talk to anybody, and I can buy whatever I want. I don't, <laughs> I don't, have, to, I don't have to see another person, and I get whatever I want. That's the dream. And, right. And I don't even have to. Really. When you come to the door, I don't have to answer the door. I don't have to look at you. You just leave it on the porch. Perfect for introverts, and and if someone steals it, I just write you an email and you send me another one. It's, <laughs> it's foolproof. <laughs> I couldn't imagine, honestly, like waking up tomorrow and being like, "Oh, I need this. Let me run out to the mall." And I mean, the only thing I still buy in stores is like clothes. I like to try them on because they have like a weird body shape or some. Not all clothes fit me, but that's it. Soft and doughy. Yeah, they don't make clothes for doughy anymore. <laughs> I'll, I'll I'll buy like a shirt. Right, and I'll go. I'll go to the store. I'll try it on, like like a style of shirt, and I'll buy like large, and I'll be like, and I'll try it on, and it'll fit perfectly. So I'll be like, oh, well, this style, this size fits me. So I'll buy like two other colors of the same style, the same size, and then I bring them home, and they don't fit me. Like that's that's how I, that's what my life is all about. I have a, a drawer full of shirts that don't fit me. <laughs> <That's it. laughs> See, I've had that happen with Amazon, where I was like, I bought one shirt or whatever, you know, and I'm like, oh, good, that one fits. Like I like the way this one fits me. Great, so I'm going to go order that again. Mm-hmm. Like and same deal, and it right. like shows up from you know. I think maybe it's just I'm ordering from cheap places, so it's mm-hmm. like you know they're just like ah, eh, close enough. <laughs> <laughs> I live by the close enough principle. Yeah. Um. Yeah. I, I I don't think I've ever interacted with an actual Avon lady or no. Avon calling. No, like you said, it's more of a. Would you call it a punchline or, or yeah, like stories that you hear? There's not even a punchline anymore, really, because no one will know what you're talking about anymore. Who's isn't there somebody that used to drive around town, Jay, um, with a like a car decal that said Avon on it? 
I don't know Avon. I know there's there's something very similar, like Mary Kate or something. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Mary Kay. Mary Kay. Mary Kay yes, that like it's similar. Well, um, the prodigal son returns. Hmm. Yeah, Mick does a couple of these good uh, kind of like accent acting. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's it's a little bit over the top. I don't remember him doing it at all in Rocky One, but he does it now. He does it. I mean, a few times now, and then later on in the training, uh, when when they start training, he does it again. I don't know how I feel about it. I mean, I think it's funny, uh, sp- especially later on this week. Yeah. But the prodigal son, the, the whole um, concept of the prodigal son, I thought it had a good connotation. Like the prodigal son returns like, oh, the, the guy that we're proud of because he, he left and, and made something out of himself is coming back home. Mm-hmm. Right? Uh, I'm guessing yeah. no. Well, I mean, what's your thoughts on it, Pete? Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's, no, it's weirdly, that's another one that I've heard. And I'm like, I know that it, that's a thing, but I don't, I mm-hmm. have never really given it much thought about it, what it actually. Mm-hmm. Right. No one has. Um, yeah. yeah, but I, like I said, I thought it had a, like a good connotation, but as it so happens, um, it does not have a good connotation because mm. it's, uh, it was. It was a. It goes back to the Bible. There's a story that that Jesus tells his people in the Bible about. I don't know. If, I don't think they use the the word prodigal son, but um, it's it's the concept. Um, he tells a story that says this guy has two sons. The older son stays stays home and works with the father uh, on their farm or whatever. The younger son asks his father for his half of the inheritance and then leaves. So he takes, hmm. he, he like pisses away his inheritance. He squanders it on, on like booze and prostitutes and just cocaine, extravagant probably. crap. Well, cocaine, did I have cocaine in the Bible? Usually if you're spending on prostitutes, you're getting cocaine too. Okay. It's a package deal. Yeah. So, <laughs> so he squanders the, um, the whole inheritance and he's too, too uh, proud or embarrassed to go back home. So he works like a menial job pretty much as a slave. Um, not really even making ends meet. He's eating like the the crappy food that you would feed to the pigs just to survive. But he decides that he's going to return home and apologize to his father. So he goes home. He apologizes to his dad, and he says, "I'm you know I'm not worthy to be your son." He's like, "I will work for you as a slave." But con- in contrast, his father is very happy to see him. In fact, they he celebrates his son's return. Hmm. You know, by saying, like, I, I thought you were dead this whole time. Now you're back home. And, I mean, the older son has, like, some animosity because, like, the younger son sure. pissed away his inheritance and he comes back home and dad is celebrating. But, I mean, that's not the point of the story is that's the prodigal son is the definition of it is a person who spends money in a reckless, extravagant way, who leaves home and behaves recklessly, but later makes a repentant return. Hmm. So there you have it. Prodigal son retoins. But... Do you see the parallel with Rocky? Yes. He squandered yeah. his, his fortune. Mm-hmm. Yeah, totally. And he comes back kind of, I don't know, is his hat literally in his hand? Or should he put it back on after he took the key out? <laughs> it's back on his head, but yeah. it, it's metaphorically in his hand. Yeah. He's, he's swallowing up some pride right now. Mm-hmm. He's taking the swallowing pride walk up the stairs. It's not a, it's not a, um, a repentant kind of retoin, but it's a retoin nonetheless. He really didn't do anything wrong, right? You're, I agree with you. He doesn't repent for anything. He didn't do anything wrong. Yeah. Right. But if I, anything, he did a lot of things right. He started a family, mm-hmm. got married, 
I could don't want the Trans Am and the. Um, now Pete, we're gonna we're gonna see in really the rest of this week the the dim lighting in this mm-hmm. whole scene. Like, would they even attempt to do that nowadays? I feel like now they'd probably do it digitally. <laughs> they would just film it, kind of you know, with kind of regular lighting, and then just darken it up. Um, you know, like a lot of the. I'm trying to think of uh, like DC movies or something like that, where it's, it looks kind of dark, but it's still very clear. Like when people turn out the lights and there's that blue light that right, yeah, that shines where you you know it's dark out, but here's that light so you can see everybody's face. <laughs> this was like really shot in in low light conditions. Yeah, and it's got a good kind of like grimy, mm-hmm. uh, like warm but but dim kind of quality to it. Yeah, I mean, really, all you can see is their faces, but that's all you need to see, right? Yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't even see the hand that comes in and slaps the side of Rocky's face. <laughs> None of us do. That's the, maybe we're all going blind. <laughs> but he, uh, he asks, "What's that outer space monster you brought?" Right. Uh, so, all right. So, Rocky says, "Buck is my large dog, obviously." <laughs> and then Rocky asks him, "What's that in your ear?" And Mickey says, "I hear stupid things better." This is only a conversation these two mm-hmm. people can have just in their own specific way of speaking the slang they use mm-hmm. yeah i wonder how like how much of that was scripted directly you know what i mean or is it just kind of they do they just kind of know what the deal is and they they have this talk you know is this like small talk just kind of a little bit ad-libbed so that we're you know at least enhanced with well i still have the script handy mm-hmm. so let's see after Rocky says the Avon lady, Mickey says, I don't remember giving you a key. What's that alongside you? That's Buckus, my large dog. He doesn't say outer space monster. He doesn't say outer mm, space in monster. In the script. So maybe he just. Uh, he come over here to. to... Nope. Yeah. No, uh, no, here to stupid things better. Just goes from, from that's Buckus, my large dog, to can I have my locker back? Mm, there you go. Mm-hmm. So that was, uh, was some on set kind of. Uh, Ad-libs, maybe? Hmm, I like. Could be, yeah. Just the two of them having fun. Bouncing stuff off one another. It seems like they got along in in real life. Yeah, I, I think I think they did. They have a good chemistry there. They really do. Mm-hmm. That's, you know, I mean, you hear a lot about chemistry between actors, but it's usually between love interests, right? But right. they, uh, Stallone and Burgess Meredith, really do have, have something special on screen. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's going to last forever, right? Oh, Pete. <laughs> I'll just keep going back Pete. to that. Pete, don't watch Rocky 3. <laughs> <laughs> so Rocky asks for his locker back, and Mickey wants to know what's on his mind. He says, fighting. He asks him if he wants to go blind. Mm-hmm. Nobody's going <laughs> blind. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, it's interesting that he's got, like, one's going blind and one's going deaf. They both have to... <laughs> See, they complement each other. <laughs> yeah, yeah. They should team up. When he, um, Mickey says that every pug thinks that they have one great one left. Is that not the uh, the anthem of really all athletes? Well, one that they think they have one one season left, one more fight left. Well, most of them. Some of them get out early, or no one to get out. I think John Elway is really the only one I could think of that went out on top. Where he won the Super Bowl, retired. Yeah. Did or, he? Uh, mm-hmm. 
I was thinking of, of course, from my from my Islanders perspective. I know Mike Bossy did like ten seasons, and as soon as he like he had a back problem, and as soon as he thought his quality was starting to dip, he just retired. Like at okay. you know, at like thirty something, you know. Oh, um, Barry Sanders was similar to that, Barry right? Sanders left. Yeah, yeah. yeah, he was on the brink of breaking every rushing prime. record known to man, and and he retired. Yeah. So those are a few. <laughs> Just the few that exist. Every, you know, the other ones are like the sad stories where you see the guy trotting out there when he's far past his prime. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it's it becomes almost sad. Uh, yeah, I like to see a guy leave on top, but yeah. not not necessarily on top before the the major downward spiral. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and it also puts if you're if it's a team sport, like for example, obviously boxing, but if it's a team sport. You you never want to see like you don't want to put you also put your coach in a bad position because if you're the guy like if you're like a Derek Jeter for example you know you're you're the guy or whatever if Derek Jeter kept on playing and got to that point where his production was down he couldn't handle his position you're putting your manager in in a position where he's got to then do something with you and take you out move you he's got to make the move which makes then your manager then becomes the hated person and, and like, oh you know look what he did to Jeter kind of thing so going out on top in a team sport is good because you don't want to let down the rest of your team. Yeah, yeah, especially those guys. Again, this is kind of a little bit far afield from from boxing, but like those guys who were, you know, pretty much one team their whole their whole career, mm-hmm. and everybody loves them. But then they're like they're really starting to slip, and it's just like you know their contract is up, and it's like all right, what do we do here? Let's have this conversation because like, wouldn't it be great if you just you know went out on a good note and you know we. But like some of them are just kind of like, I'm not done. I'm not done. And they yeah, can play yeah. for another team for like one year and it looks all weird. And I'm trying to think of an example of that too. Of what? Uh, I mean, Brett Favre. Can we say that? Brett Favre after his... Uh, no, he kept he kept going. He kept killing it? Yeah. Well, he kept going for a couple of years. No, I think he got bad. Yeah, even some different teams. He certainly wasn't as good, but he was... I don't know. I mean, he was still, you know... Bad Brett Favre is better than what a lot of teams had. Yeah, that's that's true. Uh, yeah, I know exactly what you're saying, but I can't think of an example right now. But but I mean, I guess I don't know. I understand it. I understand both sides. Mm-hmm. I think that you know, from the athlete's point of view, like they, this is what they again, like Rocky. So this is what they know. This is what they this is what they can do. They just you know they they want to just get back out there and show that they can do it. Right, and show they still got it. Yeah. But it's 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 hard to watch sometimes. <laughs> oh yeah, totally. I forgot who it was, but it was at some. I was at a Brooklyn Cyclones camp, so the like the lowest level Mets minor league. Mm-hmm. You know, so it's not even. You know, it's like single A ball basically, and and uh, I was there with a friend of mine, and they you know they brought in a relief pitcher, and my friend was like, "Wait, that's," and I forgot who it was, but it was somebody who played for the Mets in like the early you know, early 2000s or something like that. And it was a guy who was pretty good relief pitcher then. But then I, I don't know if he had surgery or whatever, and he just like bombed out. And then he was trying to make his way back. And he, he was playing at like the, the lowest level uh, and was just getting shelled by these like, you know, 19-year-old kids. And it's like, oh, oh man. <laughs> well, at least he was still in the organization. I've seen, oh, man. I know, I God, I can't remember who it was. But um, there was somebody, a former big name player from like the 80s that was playing on the Newark Bears which is an independent they're not even affiliated to a major league team 
Ricky Henderson played for him. Would play with the Bears? Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, there you go. <laughs> I don't know if that's who you're thinking of, but I know he did play there. But, I mean, how can you fault the guy for, for trying to, to continue to do what he loves? I mean, an athlete's career is so short as it is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. If, if somebody's going to, you know, pay him to do that. Right. Sure. If you got a regular Joe who loves what they do, they can do it forever. The, the, the window of, of ability for athletes is, is so tight. Yeah. But Rocky thinks he's got one more good one in him. Mickey doesn't. And turns out he does. <laughs> turns out he's probably got at least two, three more good ones in him. Yeah, more than just one. Mickey's the one that says every pug thinks he got one more good one. Rocky doesn't say, alludes right. to the fact that he has one more good one in, in him. Right. Mm. All right. Well, forgive me for yeah. misspeaking. Right. Um, all right. I'm 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 tapped out for this one. Yeah, I think that's all I... Yeah. So you have Star Wars Minute. Are there any other projects you have going on sure i can i i've learned recently i can do i think i can do a different plug every day i can do uh nice well uh i think we we are just about to or will have just maybe by the time you hear this wrapped up um abc devo which is uh so i did with some of the other movies by minute folks and my friend joe um where we went alphabetically through all the different uh devo songs from their albums and uh reviewed them, talked about them, gave them a letter grade, and that we've been doing that for the last year or so, and we're just about done. How many Devo songs were there? Uh, well, we did, for the for the main feed, you know, the free feed, we did just the ones that are on, um, the, on the actual albums. And that, uh, and then on the Patreon feed, we did uh, the other stuff, the B-sides and stuff from soundtracks and stuff that wasn't, didn't make album cuts. And we... Worked it out that there's 106 of each. Wow. Holy cow. I honestly didn't know there was that much Devo material out there. Yeah. Yeah. yeah well, they, you know, they, uh, not 100% consistently, you know, they, but since like the late 70s, since, you know, right around when Rocky II came out, they've, mm-hmm. uh, they've been releasing albums and they, they took a number of years off in kind of the 90s to early, early 2000s. Wow. Um, but then they just they came out with another album in like 2010, I think. No kidding. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> All right. Um, us, uh, we only do Rocky Minute. We don't have a plug to make every <laughs> other show. But um, if you like Rocky Minute, you can go to our Facebook listeners group, Mighty Mix, get involved in the conversation with Doug about things. <laughs> uh, you can find, also find us on uh, Instagram at Rocky Minute. Facebook at Rocky Minute and uh, Twitter at Rocky Minute and our email is uh, Rocky Minute at Gmail. I think that's it, right? It covers all those. And yeah, then uh, if you want to listen to our episodes, listen to some past episodes, listen to some other minute by minute shows, you can head over to DuelingGenre.com and check out what they have to offer there. All that's right. all. That's all we are. That was a good job. Thank you. I like to mix it up. <laughs> <laughs> all right. And I guess we'll come back tomorrow. See you tomorrow, I guess so. Huh? Okay. Something coming up. <laughs> Goodbye, everybody. Later. What are we waiting for? Take this! I did it with vitamins. Hmm.
I didn't. I sold them to my mother-in-law, and that was it. So you you have two hundred percent more customers than I. I, I, I think I sold a set of knives to all my family, my one neighbor, and then my other next door neighbor. She didn't want to buy all the knives, but she like bought like two knives, and then that was it. I once you, I, I ran out of people to sell knives to. 